Hello, and welcome to the Anchor Discipleship Podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We want to help guide and grow you in your walk with the Lord by providing an in-depth study of God's Word with this lesson. So please grab your Bibles and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with this week's lesson. So what you just saw with this Zimmerman kid and this great apostasy, it's all heading somewhere. This false church that we've been looking at is forming what's called Ecclesiastical Babylon. It'll be absorbed into her. The false church along with Islam and along with Roman Catholicism or along with all the false religion. But this false church that's forming will get sucked into this. We, we studied this last week, but I need to, um, I need to uh, finish it off on the bottom of the text, Revelation 17, 1 through 6. We'll come back to Revelation 17 when we get past the midpoint a little bit. Okay, where I want to finish is after it says mystery, Babylon the great, the mother of harlots, and the abominations of the earth, I think I finished that, and then I have the last phrase. And I saw, okay, so I'm going to start right there. And it says, I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wandered with great wonder. Okay, so since we talked about this last week, Revelation 17, Ecclesiastical Babylon happens at the first half of the tribulation. And then Revelation 18 is about commercial Babylon, right? And we'll see that it's commercial Babylon gets destroyed at the end of the tribulation. But Ecclesiastical Babylon is at the first three and a half years and then is destroyed at the midpoint. We're going to watch the destruction of her in just a bit. Okay, so I want to tie this to Revelation 6. Do you see that the woman, this horror ecclesiastical Babylon, is drunken with the blood of the saints? She's intoxicated by killing Christians, true believers, okay? These are tribulation saints, okay? And the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Okay, so if you couple this with Revelation 6, it will show you the martyrs that are under the altar of God, right? And they cry out, how long, O sovereign Lord, until you avenge our blood? That's one of the seal judgments, right? Okay, so now you have the the question answered, who has been killing all these tribulation saints? Well, it is ecclesiastical Babylon that has been killing them. Okay, so remember I showed you that picture of Zimmerman, right? That, that, that article about Zimmerman, and that's the mindset of the apostate church. That apostate church, once the rapture is over, will be uh, sucked into the whore of Babylon. At that point, their attitude towards, like you and I, even though we're not here, but it, their attitudes towards believers is not one of calling them a bigot, a racist, a hater, this and that. Their attitude now is we are legally able now to kill you for your views on the Bible. So we're going to kill you. So the, the mandate that will actually happen with the one world government, with Ecclesiastical Babylon writing her, is a law will get pronounced over the entire planet that if you hold to a fundamentalist view of the Bible, and take it literally, believe Jesus is the only way, then you receive the death penalty. And guess how the death penalty is enacted? Lethal injection, pills. How do they do that? 
your head gets chopped off. So masses and masses of tribulation believers will have their heads cut off. Okay, so when you know that people's heads are being cut off, this is not like when you see the Muslims in Jerusalem stabbing people and doing random acts of violence. When you see people's heads being cut off systematically, what does that indicate to you? Who's doing it? It's not random people. It's governments doing this. The government is doing this. Now, it's perhaps through guillotines or whatnot, but when you have masses and masses of people being beheaded, this is not somebody doing random jihad. This is, they're setting guillotines up or something, something to cut people's heads off. And they are systematically killing those who believe in Jesus. It gets that bad, guys. I mean, we see it bad right now, and we, we, you can, you can see the hate right now. They absolutely hate us, right? Absolutely can't stand us, but they can't touch us right now. But when that law gets put in, they will touch you, they will arrest you, and you will be killed. Thank God for the rapture. Thank God that we're not here, but think about the poor tribulation saints of what they're going to have to endure. This is why the tribulation saints get a special place with Jesus. They are closer to him in heaven, even than the church. The church is close, but closer to him is the saint. So the killing, though, suggests a very quick termination of life by beheading. Um, unlike what our Lord did, he suffered on a cross in agonizing death. So, you know, which was very different. Like when they sliced the lamb's throat, they did it very quickly, and the lamb would pass out immediately and then die. So it passed out before it even died because of the bloodletting. Uh, but our Lord suffered, and so it even showed us that his death wasn't a quick death. It would, a quick death would not satisfy. He had to suffer on that cross. So I, I don't know what's all involved here. I mean, there's no doubt believers could be starving. They could be out of water because blood has hit hit a third of the oceans. Blood has hit a third of the, the rivers. Uh, famine. Wars have happened. You've had already one major world war, I think. So there's a lot of suffering that could already be happening. But this this kind of death is is a very quick death. You don't have to guess what the talking points are right now. What is it that they don't like about us? You already know the talking points. You probably can name ten right now. Okay, so basically the test is, and during that period of time, you hold those views. You're not part of the global religion that we formed. Sorry, man, you're dead. We're not going to put up with that. I see it right now in the Bernie Sanders group. Those young college kids. I watched a video last night that was on the Blaze. I could not believe what I was seeing at these universities with these kids. They are completely lawless. Anarchists, out of control, one narrow view. They only see life this way. And if you hold a different view, they would just so much kill you. They just want to kill you. That's their mentality. They're murderous. And, and so that, that, if we're close to the end, you're looking at the tribulation persecution right in the face. When the government says, go for it, kill them, they'll be the first ones to do it. And so, so however this happens, you know, with guillotines, and I, I saw that with uh, the Georgia thing. I also saw 
all the plastic coffins that they had. I, don't, I couldn't figure out why do they have so many plastic coffins. I mean, thousands upon thousands and thousands and thousands. And I couldn't figure out what are you going to do with a guillotine? What in the world are you going to do with a guillotine? I mean, that's obviously not a historical thing. I mean, you're not bringing it for a museum when you order hundreds and hundreds of them. What is that about? Hmm. Again, if you see what she does, it makes perfect sense. It will be enacted in the tribulation. You don't have to worry about that, but that's what the tribulation saints have to look forward to. That's why it's so important to get people saved now. You've got to see people saved now so they can avoid this. And yes, they will be given a second chance, but this is how they die. You're seeing how they die. I don't want anyone to go through that. You know, and, and so don't, don't, don't rest on the evangelism thing. You have to make sure the, the word gets out because I don't want them to see that. Okay. Let's move then to another tribu uh, mid-tribulational event. And then in your book, I need you to turn to page 237, I think. And do you guys all have the handout? I have it in my notes. I want to show it to you. Or in your book, if you ever want, uh, the events in the middle of the tribulation, it's in your book and your charts. That's a handy little handout to have to see all the events that we're going to cover in the middle of the tribulation. That's somewhere in your index, I think. Or what page is it? Yeah, it's on page 236 in your book. That's a very handy chart you need to have. Because we're going to cover all the mid-tribulational events now. We're in the middle of the tribulation. Okay, so with that being said then, let's go to page 237 in your book. And we'll read the little book that John read in Revelation 10, 1 through 11. He says, As I saw another strong angel coming down out of heaven, arrayed with a cloud, and the rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open. It, it should be translated a scroll. He had a little scroll open. Okay. On this scroll is inscribed the rest of the judgments. Basically, they're going to happen at after the mid-trib, um, the, the bowl judgments. Okay. And in, in, in this are, is the seventh trumpet as well. We've went through six trumpets. Went through the seals, the trumpets, so now we're awaiting the seventh trumpet and then the, the vials or the bowls. Now, what he's also going to introduce is what's called the seven thunders. But, as you will see, you will not get a glimpse of the seven thunders. He is told not to write about them. So there are actually four sets of judgments, and each of them contains seven specific judgments. There's 28 altogether, not 21 but you're not told what the seven thunders are. Perhaps, and this is speculation, this is conjecture, perhaps the two witnesses who are also prophets will explain the seven thunders and, and maybe uh, say this is what's going to happen. There's a reason John was told not to write this, and perhaps it's because he, uh, just like Daniel was told, to seal it up until I'm going to give it to another prophet. So, anyway... He says he has in his hand a little book. Notice on his hand, his head is like a rainbow. Okay, anytime you see a rainbow, it should remind you of something, right? Okay, God's covenant of love, but also judgment. Okay, so it's love and judgment in the same symbol. Okay, 
because the rainbow is the covenant of love that I will never do this again, but it also points back that I destroyed through judgment. And what I am about to do is the same thing, but I am now going to do it in a different way. I'm not going to do it through water. I'm going to do it through fire. Um, and so when you see this angel, he's about to announce the worst, the worst judgment to ever hit planet Earth. And that's why he has the rainbow attached to him. And he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth. And, and the fact that he's stating in that stance is that everything I'm about to do is going to affect the entire planet, water and earth. Okay. And he cried with a great voice as a lion roars. And when he cried, the seven thunders uttered their voices. Now, these must be angels, but we don't know what they're saying. And when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write. You see that? And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel I saw standing upon the sea... And upon the earth lifted up his right hand to heaven and swore by him that lives forever and ever. Okay, so I don't know what this possibly be. It's seven more judgments that we just don't know. And they're horrible. And and so there's a reason for this. And I, I can only speculate that it will be brought out by the, by the prophets um, in Revelation 11. Anyway, he's going to swear now for him who lives forever by God who created the heaven and the things that are therein, and the earth and the things that are therein, and the sea and the things that are therein. And this is what he's swearing. That there shall be delay no longer, but in the days, and that phrase is important, in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, about the seventh trumpet, okay, when he is about to sound, then is finished the mystery of God according to the good tidings which he declared to his servants, the prophets. Um, let me back up and explain this. When it says there, there shall be a delay no longer, delay of the great tribulation. Now we've been in the tribulation, but the last half is called the great tribulation because the great judgments are worse. If you thought the first half was bad, it's nowhere near the second half. And that's why the second half is called the great tribulation. Okay. The idea that in the days is a phrase that means that this is not a one-time event. This is a judgment of process. And basically, you know the time period. It's, it'll take three and a half years for all these judgments to work themselves out. John was the first one that really broke apart the day of the Lord. If you looked in the Old Testament, a lot of times you saw the day of the Lord, and it looked like one day, one event, what John is actually doing is saying, well, no, 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 it's not one event. It's a series of events in an encapsulated period of time. So it's multiple judgments uh, coming on each other. Okay, and then he talks about this, finish the mystery of God according to the good times which he declared to servants of the prophets. The mystery of God is this, of how God is going to destroy evil. That was what was not told in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we are now seeing through John how God plans to destroy evil once and for all. And it's through these judgments. That's how he's going to do it. So that's pretty simple. And the voice which I heard from heaven, I heard it again speaking with me and saying, Go, 
take the book which is open in the hand of the angel that stands upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel, saying unto him, that he should give me the little book, or the little scroll. And he says unto me, Take it, and eat it up. And it shall make your belly bitter, but in your mouth it shall be sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand, and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And when I had eaten it, my belly was made bitter. And they say unto me, You must prophesy again over many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. So here's the question. That little book contains the judgments for the last half of the tribulation and contains how God is going to destroy evil. You tell me, why is it sweet in his mouth, but when it goes into his stomach, it's bitter and almost nauseating? Why, why is that? It's, talking about, it's prophecy. So, even when we're studying prophecy, and we've been studying prophecy for a long time, there's an element that brings hope and joy to us because we see how God is dealing with evil and that's a sense of justice and great, I'm glad that God's doing it. But at the same time, it makes John nauseous or upset in his stomach because of what has to happen to people because of their rejection of him. And it, it, it's not just John. John is giving how God feels about the situation. What does God say about the death of the wicked or the destruction of the wicked? I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Don't think for a moment I'm delighting in pouring out the bold judgments. But in order for justice to happen, I must do this. Don't think I like doing this. Don't think my son likes suffering. I mean, remember what Jesus said? Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. He didn't want to do it, but he went willingly anyway. In his humanity, he felt the, he, he knew that he would suffer and feel the pain, not only of the physical suffering, of being separated from the Father. And he didn't want to feel that separation, but he went anyway. Okay? So the point about it is that God's going to do this, and he has to do it according to his justice, but he doesn't emotionally like to do this. He's not willing that what? Any perish, but all should come repent. I wish all of my creatures would be saved. I'm not taking delight in killing them in this bloodbath, but I have to. And you have to always balance that out with prophecy. You always have to balance this out. Otherwise, you'll get crazy. And people do get crazy on prophecy. They go, I've seen people get so crazy, they, they lose a sense of who they really are and, and how they treat people. You always have to balance prophecy with sadness. There's a sadness attached to it. Why? Okay, think about this. If the rapture happened tonight, man, you and I would be pumped out of our minds, right? But the minute we're going up into heaven, think about all the loved ones that you're leaving behind. Now, you're not responsible for them. They're responsible for themselves. But you think for a moment, the bittersweet aspect of that is that they're going to go through the tribulation. Hopefully, they do get saved. And so there's that, it's sweet. Yes, God, that's, uh, we want to see this. But at the same time, oh, man, it's horrible. So that's what he's trying to get John to say and illustrate that this is how God feels about this. 
but it must happen. And so it will. Okay, we'll continue next week in these these uh, mid-tribulational judgments, and it gets really, really tricky. So hang on and hold on to your hats and glasses. You're on in for a wild ride. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Anchor Discipleship. We hope that this message is a blessing to you and helps you grow towards a more mature understanding of God's Word. Rock Harbor Church has two other podcasts. The first is called The Anchor Sunday Sermons and is filled with pastors' Sunday messages. And the second is The Anchor Bible Study. It's filled with past and continuing Bible studies preached during our Wednesday evening services. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear them, please check the description of this episode or search your favorite podcast streaming services. Rock Harbor Church also has a print-to-order merchandise store. You can shop for Rock Harbor merch at rockharborchurch.store. Support for all three of our podcasts comes from your generous gifts and donations. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website, rockharborchurch.net. Keep looking up for our redemption draws near. God bless.